everyone. Welcome to Better Hiring, a podcast by Workable. As a marketing manager at Workable, if there was one thing I had to choose as my absolute favorite part of my job, it would be learning from the folks who are challenging the status quo and moving the recruitment industry forward. That's why we're here today. This podcast is a space for the leaders who are driving this progress to share their real, honest experiences in overcoming challenges and moving the hiring industry forward. And of course, to bring you the latest tips, trends, and strategies to help you find a path to better hiring. In this episode, you'll hear from people leaders at top companies like HubSpot, 10% Happier, and Hologram. As the widely predicted Great Resignation looms ahead, candidates are in search of a healthier workplace culture. Join us to learn how these top brands are fostering an attractive workplace culture that values mental health to win and retain top talent. Let's jump in. Good morning or good afternoon or good evening, depending on where you are um, and when you're joining us. My name is Amy Frampton. I lead marketing at Bamboo HR, and I am so excited to present this webinar alongside with our partner, Workable. Uh, We are joined today virtually by our expert panel, Imar, who is uh, the director of culture at HubSpot, Uh, Nadine, who's director of people at 10% Happier, an app I use actively, and um, and Courtney, who is the Vice President of People at Hologram. And today, we're really going to have a great discussion, and they're going to help us learn um, how to foster a healthier, happier, more inclusive workplace. So as widely predicted, the great resignation looms ahead. Candidates are in search of a healthier workplace culture. And in this session, we're going to focus on tangible actions we can take to foster an authentic environment that prioritizes mental health where everyone can bring their full selves to work. Let me really quickly walk through the agenda and then um, and the topics we're gonna cover. Um, and then um, we'll introduce uh, more fully our panel. So uh, first we're gonna talk about breaking down mental health in the workplace and then mental health in a post pandemic world. I think uh, we all realize it's, it's uh, We've all been affected um, by this pandemic in different ways. And so I'm excited to talk through that. And then how do we have steps to build an authentic workplace culture? And so then we'll go into Q&A. So feel free to start putting your questions in the Q&A tool now. And we're going to do our very best to answer as many questions as we can. So, So get those in now. And now on to our fabulous, um, our fabulous panelists. Uh, starting with you, Imar, we'd love it if you could tell us a bit about your role and what specifically interests you about workplace culture and mental health. Yeah, of course. So first off, thank you so much for having me here today, Amy and Carolyn. It's great to be here with all the other panelists um, and participants. So my name is Imar Marinan. Um, I'm coming to you from my kids' playroom in Dublin, Ireland. Um, and before anything, I'm a mom of two. So I have two little girls. Evine is four and Fia is two. Um, and it, as Amy said, I'm Director of Culture at HubSpot. So just for context, HubSpot is a leading customer relationship management or CRM platform that provides software and support to help businesses grow better. Um, And at HubSpot, we are completely culture obsessed, so much so that we published a HubSpot culture code, which has had 5 million views externally. And so really my job is to help bring that code to life, to enable our culture, help engage our employees 
through programming and experiences and help build a company culture that empowers people to do their best work. Um, and to the latter part of your question, that really is what interests me about workplace and uh, workplace culture and mental health being able to have a direct impact on people's growth and honestly people's lives, both personally and professionally, especially like you said, knowing that right now the vast majority of us are struggling with mental health and general well-being um, as the pandemic continues and just the craziness of the world around us right now. So like I said, I can't wait to learn more and share a little bit more about what we're doing today. Thanks so much. Nadine? Yes. Uh Thank you so much for having me. I am the director of people at 10% Happier. Um, for those of you who may not be familiar with us, 10% Happier is a, um, a company with an app teaching people to meditate. Um, and we're a fairly small team based out of Boston, but we have a lot of people working remotely across the country. Um, I have been doing human resources for over 15 years now. Um, and I care a lot about mental health and mental health in the workplace because I care deeply about human beings. Um, and it's been my experience over the last 15 years that when we are supporting employees as their whole selves, um, including their mental health and well-being, um, that's when we truly see employees reaching their full potential. Um, and when we see the highest level of productivity at work. Um, and so my main goal in my role is to give people a really good employee experience. Um, and that requires viewing people as a whole person. That's wonderful. Thanks, Nadine. And I have both read the book and have the app and use it. So I have to quickly give a shout out for that. It's a, it's a, great, a great way to think about it. Um, and Courtney, over to you. Yeah, thanks. And thanks for, for having us here to talk about this important topic. Um, I'm Courtney Sider. I'm coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, and um, I am the VP of People at Hologram, which is a cellular platform for the Internet of Things. Basically, we connect anything at all to the internet from medical devices to agriculture devices to the scooters that might be roaming around your city um, at this moment. Uh, many of them are powered by hologram. And, uh, you know, that's a really sort of like tech uh, topic that's uh, complicated and hard to understand. But any company, no matter what it does, only works because of the people who are there every day um, supporting it, doing the work, collaborating, working together healthily or sometimes working together unhealthily um, to, to create products. And that's kind of the interest for me in, uh, in mental health because, you know, the... The workplace doesn't work without people and people are, are very complicated and endlessly fascinating. Um, and especially right now, we need a little extra support. We need to, um, to be patient with one another and have a little bit more grace with one another. We've just gone through something that is unprecedented and still sort of like un-understandable to, to most of us. Um, and there's a temptation to just like pop right back into, into work and productivity and get things done like everything's normal, but you know, nothing is normal at all. And I think it's fine um, and healthy to, to embrace that and talk about that. And uh, that's one of my sort of core tenets is making the implicit explicit, naming the thing and saying like, this is, this is what's going on. Um, so that's kind of my interest in mental health and people um, in general and creating healthy workplaces. And the biggest reason that I'm glad we're all here to talk about this today. Thank you so much, Courtney. 
Um, it's so great to be here with all of you and, and with all of our attendees. Um, we've got a, a full room, so to speak, virtual room uh, here today, and we're, we're glad to, to, to be together. Um, it, as In fact, let's go to our, our full room here. Before we hop into the next section, I want to take a pulse check with all of you that are tuning in to our virtual room. The only way that, you know, we've been talking already about the only way that we can truly bring our full selves to work uh, is to work and function in an authentic workplace culture. Our full selves, of course, go way beyond the eight-hour workday. Uh, we have friends and we're family members and we've all endured a pandemic and all the difficulties that come with it. Um, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who's made it through without some level of burnout. And so I'd like everyone um, to, to answer, do you feel comfortable discussing your mental health in your workplace culture? And we'll give you just a, a moment on that. That's great. I, I love to, I love pulse surveys. They're so fast and helpful. So it, it looks like that um, we occasionally talk about it. And I saw a chat real quick that said, that means maybe there's just a few people that talk about it to some folks. These are gonna mean different things to different people, of course. But I'd love to go to our panel with this kind of a third we're encouraged, um, you know, maybe um, uh, almost 50% I occasionally and, and then almost 20% um, uh, no one. Emer, over to you. Uh, you know, what do you, what do you think about this and, and what's happening and what you're seeing in your workplace? Yeah, of Maybe course. Workplaces around you. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think it is in a, like in an ideal situation you'd want to see everybody with number three right i think if 2020 has taught us anything it's just how vital it is to create a transparent culture where employee wellness support is not only provided but encouraged um and you know all the research just states in fact i actually read an article recently that stated one in six people are struggling right now with mental health at work um and so you know when you think about it considering the amount of time that we spend at work anyway and especially the amount of time that everybody has spent just engrossed in work over the last year all employers play such an imp incredibly important role and just have a significant stake in creating a culture that values mental health uh, needs and actually provides provide support without stigma um, and helps employees actually shape positive mental health habits. Um, but conscious that not all employers are there yet. Um, and so I just think, you know, we all have a responsibility to continue to push that message, um, to continue to drive that conversation both within our or own organizations, but also on external platforms and really start that conversation. And like I said, destigmatize it and honestly be vulnerable, share our own challenges. I think a lot of the time that's what people are looking for now. They're looking for tactical ways to deal with this, either within their own company or personally in their own lives. And honestly, I find that uh, by being honest and open as a leader and especially working in HR, that's kind of, that's the way to go. Great. Courtney or Nadine, I'd love to hear from both of you as well on this. Yeah, this, um, I, I'm actually pretty encouraged by this poll. I think um, awesome job, all, all the participants. You know, the fact that we're seeing um, the biggest buckets of at least talking about it some is, is really um, incredible. And, um, you know, we're on the right track there. I wanted to share one thing that's really worked for um, me across a couple of companies that I've been at. Um, whatever your sort of chat tool of choices where people kind of get together and, and talk about things. I've had a lot of um, luck creating sort of a 
healthy work type channel um, and defining that really broadly at first. So people can talk about, you know, ergonomic chairs or like the best, the best keyboards. And uh, you can build a little bit of trust there. And I've noticed that gradually, you know, folks get braver and braver and we start to interpret healthy in a different way. And, you know, suddenly this past year, I've seen people, you know, be very vulnerable there and say, you know, things that used to be easy have become really hard. Like I, I have to congratulate myself for going to the grocery store. You know, it's like, I'm really struggling. So if you can, if you can create that bridge and like bring a few people across with you, um, the floodgates really will um, tend to, to open because folks are hungry to talk about these things. And it just takes um, a few really brave individuals to, uh, to go first, I think. Thanks, Courtney. Yeah. I would agree with both what Emer said and, and what Courtney highlighted. I think this is about creating um, safe space at work where people can feel comfortable to share vulnerably. Um, I also was encouraged by this poll. And I do think that I have seen over the course of my career shifts here where um, the stigma is um, is being reduced and the felt shame that, that people experience with struggling with mental health issues is also um, being reduced. And I think that's because people are feeling more comfortable being vulnerable at work. Um, and, and Emer's right. When you're in a leadership position, you lead by example and you show that vulnerability and that creates that safety for the people around you to be able to be vulnerable as well. And it's also about creating an environment at work where people um, feel okay to show up with failures and flaws, right? We are not perfect and our society can sometimes hold us to this expectation of presenting as perfect. And that makes it hard to be vulnerable and hard to really truly share where we are and what we're struggling with. Um, and I think the more we can counteract that, and create those um, safe spaces for employees, uh, the more we're going to see you know, authenticity at work and people being able to, to talk freely about uh, and feel supported in their mental health journey. That's great, thank you so much. So let's jump quickly uh, into the next section, which is mental health in a post-pandemic world. And recently, I think we've all been hearing, I've seen it in the press, and, and I think we see probably see it in our workplaces and workplaces around us, this great resignation that people talk about. The, the Microsoft Work Trend Index recently found that 40% of people want to change jobs in 2021. There's a lot, of course, that can fuel a desire for a new job. You know, they may be looking for, folks may be looking for fully remote uh, opportunities, may not want to return to the office, but it seems like candidate values are going farther beyond just flexible work options. After a year of, of pandemic and other stress, burnout, isolation, I think are familiar to all of us, um, something that I certainly can identify with. I moved to um, this job that I'm in now in the middle of the pandemic into a new state and then worked remote. <laughs> so, I, so I get that for sure. Um, and so maybe top talent are looking for opportunities at organizations that prioritize culture, um, that prioritize bringing your whole self and mental health. So Nadine, I'm going to go to you with this question first. Um, what do you think about this and what do you think today's candidates are looking for in terms of workplace culture? Yeah. So I'm going to lean into some analysis the Facebook people team did uh, a few years ago um, that I really love. And I think it, it encompasses some of what we're talking about today. 
um, they identified three buckets of things that people want. Um, they want to reach their full potential. They want to feel connected and cared for by others. And I'm paraphrasing these. Um, and they want to feel like they're contributing to a greater good. And I think that second bucket of feeling connected and cared for is really what we're talking about here today. Um, so the reality is that without a healthy workplace, without a healthy workplace culture, um, none of those things are achievable, but especially like that lack of connection. Um, and we are all especially feeling this desire for connection after having lived through a pandemic for a year. Um, I've recently become fully vaccinated and have been like meeting with some friends and coming into the office now. And it feels so wonderful to be connecting with people that way. Um, and I would imagine that's probably a big driver for people at this point. So really looking for deep connection um, and, and having a fostering an authentic workplace is going to um, set us up for better providing that in the workplace. That's great. Yeah, I think connection is big. I, you know, our workplace, we just started back last week as optional. And I feel like every time I come into the office, I say hi to everyone on the way to my desk. Like they're probably thinking, who is this? Who is this person? Um, <laughs> but I'm so excited to connect with everyone um, that I'm saying hi to saying hi to everyone. Um, what do others think about uh, on the panel? Think about about this, what people are looking for in in the culture in a workplace culture, I should say. I'm happy to hop in. I think, you know, the last year has definitely shown us um, that employees are looking for work, to work for companies and to work and be surrounded by a culture that actually aligns directly with their values. Um, and, you know, so much has happened outside of just the pandemic. Uh, when we consider the amount of, you know, social injustice that has happened in the world, the amount of hate crimes and just like our Black Lives Matter movement. And I think more and more companies, um, or more and more employees are looking for companies to speak up and out um, and influence the world around them and really speak up on behalf of their employees and on behalf of their employees' well-being. And I think that's a trend that we're going to see continue um, over the next kind of couple of years. So I think that's a, a big piece. And I think exactly, Nadine, you know what you said, I feel almost there's like a, a sense that we as companies have to solve for our employees. Like there is a you know, as an employer, I think mental health has been just in the spotlight, rightly so, over the last 12 months. And I think trying to care for your employees' well-being, both in and outside of work, I think is something that there is. Like Companies feel a deeper sense of responsibility to, to do that. And I think more and more employees are also looking for a little bit of that. And I think that kind of comes back to the values piece. So I do think that's, that's a trend that we've seen over the last few years, but I do think that's going to uh, continue for sure. Totally agree with all that. So, so well said. Yeah, I think values aligned work is, is really important. Um, you know, uh, people are looking for companies that are going to be thoughtful and deliberate about how they build culture, like name it as something that they care about and something that they're focused on. You know, culture sort of happens whether you want it to or not. So it's very important to be thoughtful and deliberate about the way that you build it, where it can very easily get away with you. And, uh, you know, I think we have a tendency in the past 
has to, to think of work as happening in a vacuum, sort of disconnected from politics or anything going on in the world. And the last year showed us, no, like work is inherently tied to, to all these things. It doesn't happen in a vacuum and we can't pretend it does. So I think, you know, folks are coming to us like wanting to, to, to sort of align their work life with their personal lives and their home lives and really having no choice now that, you know, Zoom is in your living room. Zoom is in your children's playroom. Like we're in each other's lives in a way that we, we really never have been before. And it really, to me, is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to, to get a little bit more authentic, to get a little bit more vulnerable, to embrace the strange place we find ourselves and really build something new from it. I love that. I, uh, I have loved uh, seeing my team um, with, you know, toddlers on their laps, sometimes when they didn't mean to have toddlers on their laps, but the toddler had a different opinion, um, or animals or, you know, all of the different ways that we get to be in each other's lives. Um, but it also means that we're in some ways more connected in some ways less, um, I think as we've been remote. And so that's, that's a great thing to think about. Um, the next question, what does it mean to value mental health at work? We talked a little bit about that. I love that, Jamie. My son is now an official mascot of our HR department. I like that. We all should have a mascot like that. Um, But what does it mean to value mental health at work? How do we show up, do you think? Yeah, that's such a good question. I think um, we did speak a little bit, touch on this a little bit, but I think to truly value mental health, it it has to be ingrained in your culture. Um, I think too often mental health and solving for mental health almost becomes a tick box exercise and I think that's when things go wrong when you know employees might receive that one-off email asking you know telling them to look after mindfulness or take a deep breath but you know if employers have done nothing to actually consider the systems the structures and processes needed to really enable and empower employees to look after their mental health you're not going to solve the problem everything will just be a band-aid um so if I think about just some of the things that we've done at HubSpot over the last year we really double down on well-being and mental health Things like organizing, you know, online sessions on the topic, as well as considering specific issues around addiction and caregiving, just knowing exactly, Courtney, like you said, that intersection of work and life was just so in your face and it was incredibly hard for so many different people. Um, And our employees are burnt out and exhausted. And so, you know, we're also thinking about we're giving our employees a global week of rest the week of the 5th um, of July so they can completely recharge. But I also think that, you know, it doesn't have to be big measures. It doesn't have to be expensive measures either, especially for smaller companies. Things like, you know, how do you build a peer support network with colleagues? Start a conversation with managers so they can recognize how to have a conversation around mental health and embed habits that promote positive mental health within their teams. I think it is all about you know, it can't be that one off. It has to be an ongoing thing. You have to be transparent about mental health. I do think you have to be vulnerable and open about mental health. I've seen some amazing questions coming in the chat around what if your employer isn't open to it? You know, how do you drive authenticity around that? And that's really hard because so much of what drives an authentic culture is leadership and manager behavior. And so I think um, really just ingraining that and embedding that in everything you do is, is incredibly important. Yeah, I'm just nodding vigorously because I, I agree with with all of that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very easy and, and I think very common for, for a company to say, you know, 
take care of your mental health, you know, do what you need to do. And then the employee is like, well, okay, but what are, what are my resources? What is the follow through? How do I do that? Will I be stigmatized? If I do that, will I be looked at as less than, will I have fewer opportunities and less support? So that follow through pieces is, is truly like, you know, where you, where you walk the walk and say, not only are we, are we giving you this lip service, we're also following it up with, with resources, with, um, you know, actual leaders doing what we, what we told you to do. Like you can see them take vacation you can see them you know taking that time away you can maybe even see them going to therapy um, and you know how how wonderful that is to sort of normalize all these things that we stigmatize and and tend to to keep hidden we don't need to and you know the the younger generations as gen z enters the workforce they're not going to do that. They're not interested in that at all. They're telling you about their therapy appointments. They're telling you about their ADHD medication. Like they're so open about it. And it really is a breath of fresh air. And it really is an opportunity for all of us to sort of take that mantle and embrace it and, and kind of run with that and say, yes, like this is, you know, we're all going to talk about it now. <laughs> I love that. Nadine, thoughts? Yeah, I won't take up too much time here. I think uh, Emer and Courtney addressed this really well. Um, at 10% Happier, we've been, you know, working on the same issues of how do we support um, mental health, especially during the pandemic. Um, and we do have a very open culture. So we have leaders at the very top of the organization openly talking about their therapy appointments. And it's on the calendar, not marked as private. And we, you know, we gave the team, um, we're still doing it, but every other Friday is an off day. Um, and nobody's expected to work um, because we found that we needed more um, recuperation time as we were navigating the pandemic as a team. Um, we're also doing a global week off this summer uh, to give people a full rest. And so just trying to figure out what are those ways that we can support the team. That's great. I think, you know, it's, I think we've all been talking about it's, it's easier to understand that having that healthier, happier, more inclusive workplace Will help you attract and retain talent and as people are moving around you know this is a time uh, for our current employees and for uh, future employees that we that we want to attract and retain that talent um, it's hard though to visualize and in, in the steps and so let's let's go through some of those steps that we might um, want to put in place and Nadine I'm going to start with you and you started to share a little bit about things that you're doing in your in your workplace uh, a global week and every other Friday. I'd be interested to know, is the every other Friday something you did before the pandemic and will it be something you continue and, and just how you, um, how it looks like tangibly looks in terms of programmatic uh, at 10%. Yeah. So we did not have every other Friday off um, before the pandemic. When the pandemic started in mid-March, um, we, completely pivoted as a company and we were working really hard on providing a lot of free programming to people um, in order to be supportive, um, starting with, you know, mental health um, providers, you know, moving on to teachers, et cetera. Um, and uh, the team worked really hard, really long. And by the time the summer came, um, there was a lot of burnout and we were worried about burnout. And so they, the every other Friday started off as summer Fridays. Um, and then we got to the end of August and we we're like, this is great. We don't want this to stop. Um, and actually giving the team more time off um, was increasing productivity. 
because people had more time for rest and rejuvenation. And we do our best work when we aren't feeling stressed and, um, and burned out. And so it actually ended up being just a, a good business decision for us to continue. So we changed the name. We call it COVID Fridays now. Um, and we have them scheduled through the end of this year and we'll reevaluate at that point. Um, a couple other things that, you know, that we've been working on. Uh, number one, I just want to name our DEI initiative. Um, we know that it's very important for us to create a healthy and supportive workplace for everyone. Um, we're not perfect. We have a lot of learning and growing to do in this area, but it's an important piece of, of what we're doing to provide a good work environment for our team. Um, and then just, you know, a few other things to, to hit on here is, um, you know, we, we have a very authentic culture here at 10% Happier. And so we, we put a lot of emphasis on not expecting people to show up like as a different version of themselves than they are truly. So we want people to be able to bring, you know, themselves and, and all of their everything to work. Um, great example of how this is ex accepted across the organization. I was presenting company-wide at home two weeks ago about new performance management process that was going in place. And I got interrupted not once, not twice, three times um, by children where I had to fully step away from my computer. Uh, it was a rough day. Um, and everyone was fine with it. Everyone understood, you know, fully accepting that this is part of who I am and what I bring, you know, as an employee in the organization. Um, and then, you know, we also have a team that's very connected to our mission. Um, and that's part of our retention, I think, here at 10% Happier is they care so much about the work that we're doing. So many people on our team have been um, very deeply impacted by their own meditation journeys. And so having that mission driven, it's not always the case at every organization to tap into that, but we do certainly tap into that here. Um, and just a little plug for people that are listening, we have a free anxiety challenge that is starting in our app next week um, that the whole team is like really pumped about. So I would check that out. Super. Carolyn or Emer, things that you're doing in your workplace now that, you know, you can share what it looks like? I'm happy to share a few things. Um, I would say if you're in the U.S., um, healthcare can be very difficult to, to figure out. And if you're someone who is going through a period of depression or anxiety or any sort of um, mental health um, need, it's like the last moment you want to try and figure out a Byzantine healthcare system. And America makes this uniquely difficult. So, um, you know, if you're in HR, if you're in the people team, you really have an opportunity to sort of work through that process yourself, have it really streamlined. So when folks need those resources, they are available to them quickly and you can help them cut through any red tape, any long delays. Um, Cause when folks reach out, they probably needed the help last week. So anything you can do to sort of speed along that journey, should pay really big um, dividends. Um, obviously, time off has come up a lot. I think that is one of the um, 
most important things that you can do in the company, um, you know, to really make sure that folks are getting the opportunity to, to recover, to rest, to get rejuvenated. So whether that looks like summer Fridays, mental health days, um, you know, the, the week um, in the summer, which is a lovely thing to do. Um, at Hologram, we're doing summer Fridays for June, July, and August. We've also just like fully created a holiday in May. Like there were no good holidays coming up. It was too long between holidays. We just said May, third, I think was, is a day off, you know, it's our mental health day. We're just going to take some time. Um, and often it really comes down to, to that, to, to the team to sort of lead and say like, this is, this is a priority for us and we're going to show it in X way. And if that's not possible for you, you know, there are other sort of more lightweight things you can do. Um, employee resource groups can be super um, valuable. Make sure that you're connecting with the folks in those groups, make sure that they have resources and the stuff that they need. Um, prepare resources for the situations you are likely to encounter. I've got my like ready to go, um, you know, sort of documents with a lot of resources for supporting teammates with anxiety and depression, supporting teammates who've experienced a trauma. So as soon as a manager says like, this is happening to me, I have some resources that I can give them. Cause that's a moment as a manager where you really, you're like, I don't want to mess this up. I want to do the right thing for people. And I don't always know what that looks like. So being prepared for those situations that you know, you might encounter um, will go a long way. Um, making sure that leadership really sort of like walks the, the walk there, make sure they're taking time off and they're sort of loudly taking time off. That's what I like to call it. Like they're not just sneaking out. They're saying like, hey, I went on vacation and here are the pictures and here's what I did. And I found that when I came back, I'm even more productive than when I left. And I didn't even realize how burnt out I was. Like that's sort of loudly taking time off and uh, displaying like this is something that we can all do. This is something we can all model because we, we see it from, from the top. And a small change I've, I've made, I do see a question about um, supporting BIPOC employees. Um, I have sort of just started to steer away from um, bring your whole self to work in favor of bring your authentic um, self to work. And it's a tiny change, um, but I have learned, you know, just from listening to um, my uh, teammates of color that you can't always bring all of you. Sometimes not all of you is accepted. Sometimes that opens you up to microaggressions or tone policing um, or other things that make work really difficult and unpleasant. So I started to say, bring, bring yourself authentically, bring as much of you as you feel comfortable with bringing and we'll work on, on the rest. Like that's our journey to get you to be able to bring your whole self to work. But until you feel comfortable with that, bring whatever you can, bring it authentically. I love that, Courtney. I. I love all of that. I was thinking as you were talking about taking a time off um, loudly that earlier in my career, I would have never, I mean, it was kind of like, I'm out, but I'm still on email. Don't, you know, you can still reach me. I'm not really out, you know, that sort of feeling. And now I'm like, I'm out of here. You know, I'll see you guys next week. And um, I do think that that's really important that all of us do that so that our teams whether it's, you know, people that we report to, people that report to us across the org, that everyone sees that, because I think it's, it's a really important piece to model. Um, Imar, did you have anything that you wanted to add here about what you're doing at HubSpot? Yeah, of course. I love that leaving loudly. I recently took some time off to celebrate my daughter's birthday. And in my out of office, I had like something about, you know, going out chasing unicorns and eating lots of cake and the amount of emails that I got when I came back just being thankful and kind of celebrating the honesty was amazing. So I was like, actually, we need more of that. We definitely need to leave from the frontier. Um, I mean, so much of what uh, Nadine and Courtney said uh, resonates. And, you know, we're also thinking about it, just a couple of other pieces to add in. So um, HubSpot, we made a commitment to 
transition to a hybrid workplace, um, which we're doing right now. And so as part of that, what that means is all of our perks and benefits going forward are going to be office agnostic because obviously we want to drive a level of equity across the board. And so um, a platform that we launched at the start of the year was Modern Health. Um, So Modern Health, it's it's an awesome platform. If you guys haven't heard of it, it provides our employees accessible mental health support regardless of location. So totally inclusive. And so that was, again, off the back of uh, feedback that we got from our employees during our regular pulse surveys that we host. And so again, as we think about the long-term initiatives and kind of putting in good strategies for the future, that's one that's been incredibly well received. Um, again, some of the, the things that I, I spoke about, global weeks of rest, we've had days off. We do a no Zoom Fridays, which feels like uh, it's kind of life-changing uh, for me personally. Um, and then some tactical stuff. So again, equipping managers and honestly, just employees with like, these are things that you should think about don't forget to take some time off. Don't forget to update your Slack channel or your Slack when you're actually finished work to say, stop, don't contact me. Let people know your hours of work. We're a global company. And so, you know, if you're working in San Francisco, if you're working from Dublin, you could be getting pinged after hours and that's super stressful for people. And so be bold um, and let people know when you're available and when you're not available and normalizing that I think is okay. Um, And then completely uh, exactly like Courtney and Nadine said, making sure that our leaders lead from the front and talk about, you know, what they're doing for their global week of rest and that they're also taking the time off. Um, And then I think just two other things that's really important is really like leaning into compassion and empathy right now is incredibly important. Like I said, we're global and, you know, the level of vaccine rollout depending on where you are in uh, around the world is different. And so for our U.S. colleagues, our U.S. colleagues are uh, back in the office right now if they choose to do so. But, you know, in Ireland and in Dublin, where I am, our offices are still closed. And so that, again, adds to people's stress and anxiety and mental health. And it's not a nice experience for folks across the world if you've one pocket of the population celebrating and you've another pocket of the population kind of down and out. And similarly in uh, Singapore and Tokyo, you know, where lockdowns continue. And so really, really leaning into uh, that compassionate management and empathy and recognizing those local nuances and acknowledging and celebrating those local nuances, I think is important. Um, And then I think just the final piece is, you know, it's been tough working in HR the last year. And I saw, I think, a comment or uh, a question coming in around how do we equip our own teams with that? I think for anybody in a front-facing role, I mean, for anyone working on the front lines, for anyone caring for an employee, they've been pulled more than we've ever been pulled before. And I think it's so important to actually look after our own teams and ourselves. And it's like, put on your oxygen mask first is a real situation and something that we have to do. And so something that we've spent a lot of time on is actually making sure that our own HR teams internally are equipped with what they need, first of all, to recognize folks that are struggling with mental health, to have good conversations with their managers, but that they are also caring for themselves um, and making sure that we're pushing that because just too often we don't. We forget about ourselves, which is not a good thing. That's a really important reminder. I'm glad you mentioned that. Something that, that came to my mind is we just did some research at Bamboo HR, which is available on the website, and I'm happy to send the link out too, but just about how work had changed and and um, we got a lot of feedback on that it's actually harder to stop working when you're working from home, um, you know, and that, that, that work-life integration or work-life balance, there's lots of different terms from it for it, but how do we, how do we think about, 
you know, gosh, actually, no, I'm having lunch or actually, no, it's, you know, 530 and I need to go do this thing or, or in the middle of the day, I need to take a break and, and do something with a child or someone I'm a caregiver for or for myself, you know, and so it was really interesting to see how people, even though they weren't coming into work, were still feeling that it was harder um, to, to differentiate and to take that time off you know, the pings, all the pings and dings that we all get um, at all hours of the day that our devices give us and what that does to our mental health, I think is something to be, um, that we can model really well as uh, people in the space. So with our coworkers. So um, Courtney, I'm going to start with this next question with you. You know, as you think about low-hanging fruit, kind of that, what are the first one or two things you would suggest that people implement in the short term? And and I'd love to hear from everyone, but starting with Courtney. Sure. Yeah. I think I went through a couple of the things I would do kind of work on the insurance side. If you're in the U S really focus on um, equipping managers with um, the tools they need to, to have good conversations. And I can go a little bit deeper into that. Um, we try to work with managers, um, especially in moments like a one-on-one, um, to make sure that we're not just skimming the surface when it comes to, to mental health. So it's very easy to, to do a perfunctory, like, how are you? Like, you know, fine, move on. Um, so I've got a set of questions that I, I use to sort of like help dive in and deeper on that. And, you know, it sort of depends on the situation, but it could look like, you know, how are you sleeping? Like what keeps you up at night? What are the things that you're worried about? What are you blocked by? Um, so just giving managers the, the confidence to go that one step deeper and um, try to, to get a little something um, mental health wise out of the conversation before you know you move on to, um, to work topics um, can be something that is so small, just tiny in, in the span of a, of a conversation, but can make a real difference when it comes to building that strong relationship and that vulnerability that can come into play later when the employee does need some help, they know that they, they have a safe space to, to go there. Um, obviously, normalizing the conversations around mental health as much as you can. And, you know, if you are in an HR, actually any role that you're in, you can, you can lead this effort, I think. You can, you know, sort of be the person who steps up and says, you know, I'm struggling with, uh, you know, X, like I'm struggling with Zoom fatigue. Does anyone have any suggestions for that? I'm struggling with paying attention in meetings. I have this little, like, Fidget um, item that I have purchased and I put it by my desk because I have trouble paying attention in Zoom meetings. And it's sort of embarrassing to admit that as a, as a people person and an HR person. But, you know, I put that into our Slack and people were like, yeah, me too. And I, you know, um, fold a tiny piece of paper or like I have this item. So it really turns into, into a conversation. So I think anyone can take that initiative and, and take the lead on that and be a little bit vulnerable and share something that's a little embarrassing or weird and, uh, and hope that others will, um, will kind of follow, follow suit there. Um, and, you know, I think communicating priorities and maybe even changing priorities, changing deadlines um, this summer, this sort of like Q3, Q4 could be something to to think about. You know, in the U.S., the world is starting to open up again. Um, Folks may be able to see family, see friends, take a trip, do something that they haven't done in, in a year. And we're all trying to figure out 
our own comfort level and what is, you know, okay with us. And, you know, are we now agoraphobic because we haven't left our, our apartments and homes in a year? So, you know, this is a unique time that we may need to say, you know, this deadline can stretch a little bit because folks haven't had the opportunity to actually go anywhere and do anything in a long time. Like, what can we reevaluate? What can we, um, you know, take another look at to make sure that folks do have the time to heal from, from what's going on in the world over the past year and a half? Yeah. And as, as we think about short term, then, you know, I think a lot of what you meant talked about is also long term. But Emer, I'd love to hear from you, you know, as, as we kind of lay out our roadmap, so to speak, on how we can be better and do better here in our workplaces. There was some short term things. What do you how do you think about the long term? Yeah, it's a great question. I think um, now more than ever, just as we think about culture in general, it's important to bring culture back to the basics. Um and like to me at the end of the day your culture is all about your behaviors and values as an organization so like everything you do your initiatives and all of that kind of stuff should be in place you know that that should marry up to those behaviors and values and help activate your culture but I think really to build a healthy culture uh, longer term it's about thinking through what are those values and behaviors you want to drive as an organization if you've already come out and said you know these are my culture tenants or these are the values that we drive for do they still hold true knowing that things have evolved over the last year? Um, how do you put in place systems to actually measure those behaviors and values and really keep a pulse on feedback from employees to understand how you're doing? So say, for, for example, we have a quarterly pulse survey where we test, obviously, engagement of our employees. But then we also ask for real-time feedback from our employees around what we're doing well and you know how can we improve. And I think doing surveys like that is one step. But you know, how frustrating is it to just get asked all the time and then to see no action coming from it? So it's all about actually listening and acting on that feedback. And I think then using that feedback as the basis of what you're going to focus on long term and what's going to drive long term sustainable value for your culture. And also, what does your employee want? Like I'm director of culture at HubSpot. I'm not creating a culture for myself. It has to resonate with our employees and the programs and initiatives that we put in place has to be in direct feedback from our employees. And so I think really listening and thinking about that, that will shape your long-term initiatives. So I truly think it does vary. I think it depends on the organization. It depends on your demographic. It depends on where you're based, you know, depending on, again, location, uh, what employees value will, will really differ. But I would really encourage uh, companies um, and everybody just to take a step back and do that groundwork as you think about the long term. Um, and I think just the final piece really is like not underestimating the power of the manager. I think, you know, Courtney, you kind of touched on this, but setting your managers up for success by really enabling them to have good conversations and uh, to be the culture ambassadors for your company and allow space and time for your employees to engage in your culture is really important. So again, longer term, I think having those tools, resources and kind of things in place is super important. That's great, Emer. Thank you. You talked about measuring a little bit, Nadine and Courtney, I'd love to hear from you about how you're measuring or how you think, you know, how you plan things you plan to add to measure um, to, to see how you're doing. You know, at Bamboo, we have um, surveys and, and other ways that we do this through managers. I'd love to hear what, what you both do. Yeah, we also do surveys um, and it's uh, so helpful in being able to see the, um, the trends over time and, and how the actions that you're taking are actually impacting um, people's lived experience at work. And so we do, we actually do four surveys a year. We do two engagement surveys and two inclusion surveys. 
Awesome. Yeah, similar here. Uh, we we survey quarterly um, and uh, put a specific focus on um, mental health in, in each survey. And that can look like, you know, asking about stress level. It can look like asking, um, you know, do they feel like they're encouraged to take time for yourself during the workday? Do you feel like someone at work cares about you? Do you feel like you're able to sustain meaningful connections with your um, work colleagues during this time? Um, we also track time off, even though we have an unlimited uh, vacation policy. We don't track time off to, to make sure that folks aren't taking too much. We track time off to make sure that folks are taking enough because that really is kind of the biggest issue. And I did see a comment in the chat that said, you know, my team's really been reluctant to take time off because there isn't anything to do and there isn't anywhere to go. Um, true, and that does make it more challenging, but that doesn't make it any less important. Um, so we have really been trying to encourage folks to take, you know, we had the COVID mental health days that we've now transitioned to just regular mental health days um, once a month. So we want to make sure that folks take those. Um, we want to make sure that folks take fuller uh, vacation time because, you know, a, a Friday, a day off is not really a replacement um, for that sort of long block of restorative time. Both kinds of time off are really important. Um, so those are the main trackers that we use. I also would say... Um, listen to to the more sort of invisible signals that your your team is sending you know if you're if you're setting up webinars around you know um mental health and no one's showing up like what does that tell you either that isn't the right sort of support tool or um you know people maybe are like too too uh, busy to, to be there or um you know they need another type of support um so it's great that there's such a wonderful attendance today i think this tells us that we are hitting a, a deep vein here and this is a pocket of um you know of interest for a lot of people um but you know if you do something something for your team and they're not able to be there like what does that tell you maybe they're too busy maybe they're too lonely to even like kind of come out of their their um sort of day-to-day -day, and you've got to keep thinking on on other ways to engage there so there's um you know the hard signals and there's softer signals to pay attention to as well i can't believe it this was the fastest hour of my life um but so so helpful and thank you to our wonderful panelists um who uh i've learned a lot today and i hope that our our attendees have as well um, and uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone for coming. And we are going to share out a recording um, so that you can have that. And um, we wish everyone a, a great week. And if you're at one of these companies giving Fridays off, we hope you have a wonderful have you have a wonderful Friday. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to hit subscribe wherever you are to stay up to date with our new episodes. And in the meantime, head on over to the Workable blog at resources.workable.com and check out our vast resource library. And if you're looking for a better way to hire, just reach out. We'd love to help.